Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Hey there, thanks so much for joining me on this edition of The Shalene Show. Today I am joined by someone who I respect very much, who I'm fortunate enough to call one of my closest, dearest friends, who has brought so much knowledge and awareness into my life. She's helped me to understand the mind-brain connection. She's brought me empathy and knowledge and awareness, and she's just a wealth of information. Today, you'll be hearing from Dr. Michaela Sarno. She is a licensed psychotherapist, a brain training and mindset expert, a specialist in EMDR therapy, which stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. She's an expert and the creator of several online programs, including End Emotional Eating. I'm also delighted to be able to share with you that Dr. Michaela Sarno is one of the consulting experts who's been helping me for the last nine months put together this weight loss, metabolism, and hormone program that I've been working on for months. And I swear I am not trying to drive you crazy. I'm certainly not trying to hold anything back. I'm trying to share as much of this journey with you as possible while not releasing this program until it's really ready and it's not based on trend. And y'all know this is going to be a very individualized approach so that you can finally sit in the driver's seat when it comes to your weight loss, your hormones, your metabolism, and ultimately giving you the answers, the solution you deserve. And the answer is more than a diet or some special superfood. This is a whole person approach. Dr. Michaela has been instrumental in helping us to develop a program that doesn't just answer the questions for you on what to eat and when and how to work out, But as we know, so much of the reasons why we eat and overeat and eat the things that we know we shouldn't be eating isn't because we don't know better. It's because our brains tell us to do this. It's quite interesting. Now, stay tuned because Dr. Michaela is going to share with us solutions to help you curb emotional eating. But even more interesting, I think, if you stay to the very end of this interview, is we're going to talk about a three-day test protocol that she put me through, which we are incorporating into this whole process, where you strip away everything and really figure out why and when you're eating. Okay, are you sitting down? First, I need to make sure you're sitting down. Secondly, I need you to make me a promise that you won't try this at home. Do you promise? Okay, because there's so many steps that we seriously could not cover in one podcast to make this safe. I repeat, this is not something you want to try at home. There is a protocol for the way that we had to eat prior to doing, are you ready for this? A three-day fast. A fast, not a diet. No food for three days. Yes, it was medically supervised. Yes, there's a protocol of how you need to eat prior to doing the three-day fast, which makes it much safer. Yes, there's lots of research and studies to support that this is perfectly safe if done the right way. I repeat, if done the right way. So at the risk of my fear that you're going to just try this yourself, I hope that we have a level of trust 
that you won't do that, but instead you'll be intrigued to hear more about why it works, how it works, the connection between our habits, emotions, and eating, how this three-day fast is going to be an integral part in helping you to restore your intestinal well-being, aka your gut health. But again, it all requires further explanation. So, oh gosh, I really, really hope and pray that you are promising me you will just take a listen and trust that we will talk about this further in an upcoming episode because this three-day fast was not about weight loss. It was not about a quick fix. It's not about a fad diet. This is about our overall health and well-being and becoming so aware of your mind and your body. And in an upcoming episode of The Shaleen Show, I will go into greater detail on how to do this, why we do this, and there are so many levels to it, not just the mind-body connection. We're talking about reducing the risk of cancer, as reported recently by a study released by UCLA. Anyways, I don't want to get you too excited about that, but I do want you to know it was powerful, and I have never fasted before other than overnight for medical reasons. I've never fasted before in my life. So this is pretty interesting. But first, let's talk about emotional eating. Dr. Michaela, thank you so much for joining me on The Shaleen Show. Of course. Thanks for having me. Well, this is a fun topic for us. It's a topic I think almost everyone can relate to on on some level. And it's a common question that I get from my audience. So I thought, why not bring on the expert? My first question is, what is emotional eating? Well, a lot of people get confused with you know, their hunger. And is this a physical, like, am I physically hungry or am I emotionally eating? And there's a really simple way to, to kind of understand the difference. And that is that physical hunger, you'll eat anything, you're starving, um, anything will do. Emotional eating is specific palate, specific cravings to specific foods. You won't just eat anything. You want a certain something. That makes sense. When I think of emotional eating, I think the average person thinks of someone who's binge eating, who's just had a horrible breakup with their boyfriend, and they're sitting on a couch with a bag of chips and a bucket of ice cream, kind of crying and eating at the same time. But emotional eating, from what I understand in working with you on this amazing project, is sometimes not that obvious. Well, I think it isn't, but it is at the same time. I think, you know, people are pretty well educated these days on the term, Mm -hmm. whether they understand what it is or not. I don't know. People know the term emotional eating, but they don't know what to do with it. Mm. So, for example, if I am, I'm just bored and everybody is watching a movie and I am not hungry, but I want to go get food, would that be considered emotional eating? If you're craving a specific food, yes. Mm. If you'll just take anything. I mean, when you're emotionally eating, you're not going to go grab celery. Mm, Yeah, (laughs) this is true. So what's the emotion that I'm dealing with? Well, it could be anything. And a lot of people will say, well, I'm just, I was just bored, Mm. you know, but that, but that there is an underlying emotion there. The reason why people get so stuck in this place of, well, I understand it, but what do I do about it is they treat then the behavior of the eating. They try to treat it with behavioral approaches when it's more of a psychological issue. Mm. It's more of an emotional issue. So the approach needs to completely change. Um, you know, but then we get into, 
the areas that people, you know, typically they want that shortcut, which mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be so deep and heavy, but you know, they focus on the symptom. Emotional eating, the behavior is just the symptom. There's the core emotional issues there. Okay. Is it your opinion that regardless of how much of a problem this is, whether it's something that's taking over your life or something that you know isn't that big of a deal, however, it's standing in the way of you losing your last five pounds, do both individuals have an opportunity to heal or to stop eating emotionally? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, that's what one thing that I would love for people to know more is it is not a big, scary, you know, jump into, okay, well, let me try something new or let me focus more on the emotions because people are afraid of their emotions, period. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, so they stuff with food. Emotional eating just fills us up in a different kind of empty way. Mm. You have yourself been treating people with eating disorders, incredibly successful people. You've been treating people who are overeaters, undereaters, eating disorders. But today, while we're specifically talking about emotional eating, what is your first tip as it relates to kind of taking control of this? Well, first one is identifying so that you're not questioning it Mm. so that you know, okay, well, this is this is the direction I'm going. And now once you know, then you know, So I'm going to focus on first identifying, is this physical hunger or is this emotional eating? And, you know, one of the easiest ways is, yes, you know, there's specific craving for a specific food if it's emotional eating. But you also can note by the emotion you feel. So you're not going to necessarily feel guilty when you eat because it's Mm. physical hunger. If you feel guilt and shame, then that's another identifier that this is an emotional eating behavior. So it's first just being able to, you know, get on point with, okay, what, what, how am I eating and where is this coming from? That seems simple enough. So I've identified it, right? I've identified that that's a, not, not all of my eating, but perhaps a percentage of my eating each day is because I am, I'm soothing something. Mm-hmm. What is your next tip for us? Next tip is identify exactly what what is the emotion that I'm feeling? What is that? And believe it or not, a lot of people really struggle with identifying their emotions. So I say, you know, rather than get too deep into it, it's you've got your five main emotions, anger, shame, sadness, fear and guilt. Just which one does it seem to be more closely related to? And if you can't identify the emotion, what's the feeling? Okay. I'm glad you said that. Because for me, you know, having worked with you in creating our protocol for, you know, this kind of big program to help people with their metabolism, it was not until I went through, you know, that three-day test with you that I recognized that boredom or kind of like not knowing what to do with myself or even kind of like rewarding myself, I didn't see that. I didn't realize that was emotional eating. I thought that was, I don't know what I thought it was, but that really helped me to identify that I was feeling something, right? Like I I was Mm -hmm. feeling relief or I was feeling sorry for myself or I was feeling bored or I was feeling uncomfortable maybe. And I just, it was very helpful to tap into that and go, this isn't scary. It's just a feeling. It's just a feeling. And the great thing about feelings is if the feeling keeps coming up or a feelings causing a certain behavior like emotional eating, our feelings are there to tell us something, to help us and tell us something that we need to know. 
that's going to help us in the long run. So it's so important to, to be able to identify what you're feeling, even if you're just describing the feeling. It's, I feel disappointed. I feel excited. I feel anxious. I feel whatever. You mentioned something in one of our conversations which really stuck with me, and that is that hunger is not an emergency. <laughs> and until then, I didn't realize, like, I have been in the car before with Brett. And it's funny because maybe I could blame him. When he gets really hungry, he is, like, gnarly to be around. And so that feels like an emergency for me. Like, I've got to feed him before he gets lower blood sugar and gets hangry. And for mm -hmm. myself, I don't usually allow myself to get to that point. But I've been pa in the past before working with you. I would panic like, uh oh, I'm getting hungry. It is an emergency. Somebody pull mm -hmm. over. I need almonds or like someone's mm -hmm. going to die. So mm -hmm. can you elaborate on what you mean by the fact or the idea? That's bottom line. That's anxiety. You know, 90% of the population deals with anxiety, but there's, you know, it's a deprivation. It's a fear of losing something, not having enough. And if you, you know, and that kind of goes to, you know, the next step, which is identifying where the feeling, where it comes from, where you might have felt it before. Mm. In other words, it's not going to kill you mm -hmm. being a little bit hungry. Even I think we've been so conditioned as a society to have snacks every hour and a half mm -hmm. <laughs> that if we suddenly start to feel our stomachs empty, we don't even know what that feeling means, except that we must be approaching starvation and we're like 30 minutes away from dying. And that's how we react. Like, I've got to eat. I've got like today I was at the grocery store and um, there was a couple behind me and I heard the husband say to the wife, I have got to eat. I have not eaten since lunch. And it was 3.30. So, I mean, like, when could lunch have been? Like, two and a half hours ago? Like, and he said it like, you know, we are in the desert and we haven't had water <laughs> in 90 days. Like, it was an emergency. So, I think that's a really helpful tip is to recognize, like, it might be a little uncomfortable, but it's not going to kill you. It's not. I mean, in, in that people are really uncomfortable with, well, they're uncomfortable in that feeling, but they're also uncomfortable with the term anxiety. Most people, you know, typically they, they would assume they don't have it. But when we get into those frantic states and what we're doing is we've just conditioned ourselves to manage our anxiety with food. And that's really the, you know, the feeling that most people are feeling. It's it's such a common feeling. And if we're not eating, then we have to do something else. <laughs> so true. So let's say I am ravenous for chocolate. What do I do with that? First step, this is, step, you know, and this goes right into, you know, number three, recognizing what the feeling is and how you can better um, address that feeling, how you can get, well, I, let's say I don't know that there's a feeling. I just want chocolate. Well, the thing is, is if then we go back into behavioral approaches, if we're going to address emotional eating, we're going to have to, we're going to want to address feelings or emotions. You know, it's got to be part of the equation. So how can you help me? Like, I'm the average person who I just, I'm not in touch with that yet. All I know is I want chocolate. What would you do to help me figure out, you know, what that's connected to emotionally? Well, refrain from having the chocolate. Okay. Give yourself 10 or 15 minutes and you'll identify the feeling because you're, you're going to be more aware of it. The longer you refrain from going to your your self-medication, if you will, mm -hmm. the more you're going to feel that feeling, whatever it is. 
and then it's addressing a better way. I mean, this go kind of goes into more of my program, which is learning how to rewire your brain so that you don't have to just stick to these behavioral approaches, trying to change these habits. But so you can rewire your brain in a way where you're getting your needs met in a healthier way. So you don't need the chocolate. Well, and it's not about like torturing yourself. You know, the, this whole process to rewire your brain to, to eliminate this emotional eating habit, it's it's a really easy, um, it's actually a lot easier than people would think. It's just a matter of steps and understanding and accepting, okay, well, there's, if it's emotional eating, there's emotions involved or feelings involved. It's identifying what that emotion or feeling is. And anyone can learn to do that. It's not that difficult. And then addressing, uh, finding a better way to get that need met. Okay. But you also, you also want to be aware of what are your thoughts. So if you refrain, and that's what was so great about this fast is the longer you refrain from reaching for that chocolate, the more those feelings are going to surface and the more aware you're going to become of the thoughts that go with the feeling because there's no such thing as a feeling without a thought. That was re the most remarkable part of this. And I think it really helped to go, you know, to have your questionnaire and the assessment because, like I said, I didn't know how to even sort through the craving for chocolate or the craving for whatever and figure out how it was tied to an emotion until, except for the fact that I was able to use your assessment, which we'll talk to people about later, but mm -hmm. that really, really helps. So if I understand what you're saying, if I'm just really craving chocolate and I, I'm not hungry, but I just have decided I have to have chocolate. You're saying that there's some kind of a need. There's something I want to feel. And mm -hmm. that chocolate, is, I think, is going to give me that. And you're saying, hold off and figure out what it is you want, what it is you really want to feel, because chocolate ain't going to give it to you. Mm -hmm. Or what it is you're feeling. So you don't even have to play detective. The longer you refrain, the more obvious the feeling's going to be and the thought that goes with it. And in fact, that was my fourth tip, which is just wait and pause. And you don't need to go looking or trying to figure it out. You're going to notice it. You're going the feeling's going to become obvious, and the thoughts will become more obvious too. Which what do then I do while I'm waiting. Like I, I think that's another thing is I, I personally found that I, I was using food to kind of sometimes keep myself busy. Mm -hmm. Or what can our listeners do when they have this insatiable craving for insert name of favorite food? anything. I mean, these are just the first beginning steps, but they're all the steps are this easy. But, you know, in the beginning, find anything so that, you know, the, the next step is to practice just rescheduling. So you're waiting. But rather than sit there and torture yourself. So tell yourself, okay, I'm going to notice what I'm feeling or notice what the thought is. But I'm not going to eliminate the chocolate, I'm going to go have the chocolate in an hour, or I'm going to have it for lunch. So you really want to make it worth it that you're waiting. And that really does calm because now now it's a plan. Now I'm going to get it because when we're emotionally eating, we're feeling something, filling ourselves up, filling the emptiness that's not in our stomach. And so we want to fill it with something. And so we feel that deprivation that we feel when we try to not eat when we're dieting, you know, that causes a lot more harm. So we just reschedule it so we don't have to feel deprived. I mean, when you're working, when I'm working with someone with disordered eating or an eating disorder, all they're hearing and all they're, you know, the only thing they're taking in is, is I'm talking 
and they're not even hearing me. They're just thinking, you're going to take my food away. Oh, wow. You're going to take my chocolate away. So we want to get rid of that thought that we're going to be deprived in this process. So are you suggesting that, let's say I'm craving, let's use chocolate again, I'm craving chocolate. You're saying allow it to pass in that moment and say to yourself, if I'm still craving this, I can have it and then have a specific time? Exactly. Because chances are, if you can get past that moment, these, um, these feelings that we have, you know, they come and go. And if you can get past that moment, chances are, most likely, you're not going to have that craving in an hour or in two hours, you're not going to have that same craving. And if you do, then just give yourself the chocolate, allow yourself to have that chocolate. But the more you continue to practice this rescheduling, the more success you're going to have getting through those moments and being able to identify more what's going on. That's awesome. So one thing I, you know, really encourage my clients to do is to really try this three-day test. Like the one we did. Right. It was unbelievably eye-opening. And I teach and preach and research this stuff. And that was really the most profound experience I've ever had in connecting my food habits, behaviors, and emotions, and kind of separating it from true hunger. So what I was thinking is that we would um, just, if you're cool with it, we could share, I could share some of our car conversations about that experience. Absolutely. And we have to have you back on the show. Would love it. Dr. Michaela, where can people learn more about your emotional eating program? They can go to either drmichaela.com or andemotionaleating.com. Awesome. As always, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Car Chat. I'm in the car with Dr. Michaela Sarno, a very close friend and colleague and one of the consultants who's been contributing her expertise in helping us to develop the the big program, which I can't tell you the name of it yet, but our, our metabolism program. And she's also been instrumental in helping us to develop the very first piece of it, this, this very important two-week prime. We thought we would share some of our thoughts and findings and just get you excited, especially those of you who are kind of going through this vicariously. Maybe you're not in the test group and you're excited and just want to know a little bit more as this program continues to develop. So we will do our best to share details. But the problem with, I guess the limitation is I don't want to share too many details because none of this can be finalized until we have such overwhelming mountains of evidence to be able to say, here's an ideal protocol and it will be so individual for each and every person but one of the things that she and I were just talking about where you do a three-day fast supported by bone broth and or healthy fats if you are uh, vegan the three-day fast isn't about weight loss it is about improving your intestines ability to absorb nutrients it's It's about health, but so much of it is about your emotional connection to food. And we were both sharing together some of the things that we discovered, because you'll go through this questionnaire that Dr. Michaela has helped to formulate that really helps you strengthen your willpower, resolve, and an understanding of your connection to food. Um, You know, I think people assume 
oh, you, you don't ever struggle with food because you know, you're the expert, Dr. Michaela. You teach people how to overcome their emotional connection to food. And people think that of me too, and it's, it's not true. We're just human. But I think when you're, you struggle with weight for so many years that you're, you're always wondering like, well, it's, you know, maybe I just have lack of impulse or maybe I just eat too much or maybe I don't exercise enough or maybe I'm just stressed. Maybe it's my hormones. It was really telling for me because I noticed the patterns, A, that I was eating and I mm -hmm. noticed that I would specifically have these moments. They were times throughout the day where I'm used to eating and when I didn't, I would notice um, feelings of depression and it and the level that I felt that and so it really helped me to see okay here's here's what the problem is not it's not so much my hormones it's not so much you know I'm not exercising it's these feelings these emotional mm -hmm. feelings that I have been using food to manage one of the side effects positive side effects of the length of time that we have you do the supported fast is that you go into a state of ketosis and your hormones regulate in such a way that you it's really crazy it's really crazy but you you don't feel hunger which and that's really important because it allows you to then take note especially using dr michaela's questionnaire of you know you but you still feel this like incredible urge to eat but you know you're not hungry so it yeah it allows you unlike other times when you might have tried to be aware of your emotional eating you know in that moment I'm I want to eat right now and it's not due to hunger so then it's really easy to kind of remove all those other things and say well what is this due to like right now I want to eat and what is motivating me to eat so what were some of the things that you found well it was a distraction and yes. it was a distraction from feelings mm -hmm. feelings that I don't normally feel because you know we're, I'm a snacker mm -hmm. and I, I'm, I'm I don't really have that kind of lifestyle where I, I'm into the you know three big meals a day yeah. or whatever I just like to snack all day long but what I'm doing all day long is that's my antidepressant that's that's my my food is what's regulating my emotions so what this fast really does is if you don't know what the problem is why you eat the way you eat it reveals it it reveals it it strips all the other things away I found the same thing like you know if you hello my best friend does a program on emotional eating and this is one of the things you're renowned for and so I've always thought well I don't really do emotional eating but I didn't recognize that indeed I do and also habitual eating like I would would find myself rewarding myself which I didn't think was a, a and I never associated that as being an emotion but so I would finish like maybe an hour and a half of some kind of brain intensive or something that really required me to think and concentrate and I'd finish like an hour and a half of that that was about my time frame or sometimes even an hour and then at the end of each like project I just felt this like overwhelming urge to go to the kitchen and grab a handful of something not to fill myself up but to snack yeah for me it was anytime I would stop and have to be forced to just notice my thoughts go to food distraction anytime I would start feeling something go to food distraction so, so food can I ask did you feel that because obviously at work you have to be so focused is were you noticing that more at home or when you're at work only at home because when we are in our in in the zone when we're in our work when we're like you know focused on whatever it is we love to do 
those aren't the times. It's during the times when we're at home when we have to be present. And the home is our biggest trigger. Yeah. Well, speaking of triggers, this is going to pique people's interest. They're going to try to do it themselves. We don't recommend that. There are very specific guidelines that you must follow. There's a, a protocol that you want to follow before doing this bone broth or healthy fat supported fasting. And those pieces are really important. So it would be negligent on our part to just you know, help you think, oh, wow, so anyone can do a three-day fast? No, there's protocol that we want you to follow, and there's certain people who should not be fasting. And one thing that I found, especially in, you know, opening up the beta test, I specifically said if you are struggling with an eating disorder, this is not for you. So how could this be very triggering for someone who has or a still struggling? Yeah, history. Or, or yeah, it, your brain remembers everything so the minute you start fasting it's no different than the feeling of restricting mm. so I, I don't recommend someone um, I mean even myself being fully recovered it's still my brain automatically remembered all the things and so I had to be very self-aware and mindful the whole time mm -hmm. that this is not restricting this is fasting and this is about choice why am I doing this what mm. are my intentions and when am I going to start eating again and that was really important that was important for you uh, knowing that it could become a slippery slope even for someone who's recovered from their eating disorder that you had to set a date by which okay and when this fast ends this is when I start eating exactly because when you're when if, if when you're in that more restrictive mode you're just suppressing emotions again restricting is suppressing so you get kind of like addicted to that feeling what does that mean restricting it means that you'd is... rather feel the pain of the hunger ah. than the pain of the emotions yeah okay let's talk about the pain of hunger so and those of you who are in our test group all of this will be detailed for you and those of you who are like well wait i want to get into the test group don't worry this will all be one big program once it's completely finished and I am thankful that we have people who are willing to be beta testers, but that is a process that's gonna continually improve and we'll get more data. My point is, the one thing I've discovered in working with this amazing team, just in working with these experts, is that when you are restricting calories, Right. So when you're allowing yourself, let's say you are struggling with an eating disorder and you, you've made certain foods okay. Mm -hmm. And let's just say hypothetically, um, you are in anorexia and you're eating under 500 calories a day. There is still intense, intense hunger because everything you eat spikes insulin levels, which then affects our ghrelin and our leptin and all of the hormones that make us feel hunger pains. When you're truly doing a fast, what happens is those hunger pains aren't there. So for many people who are probably thinking, wait a second, you're gonna do a fast? I could never do that, which is what I thought. I've never fasted in my life other than overnight for a medical test. It's easier, in my opinion, I don't know how you feel. In my opinion, I found it much easier to do this fast than it was to do any kind of restricted diet. Because I'm always, if I'm on a diet, I'm hungry. And I found that I didn't struggle with feeling hunger at all after like day one and a half. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people do experience nausea 
and experience um, like stomach discomfort, some gas and bloating the first couple of days because their gut is healing. But I would guess that probably 80% of the people that go through this, that they're going to find that it's emotionally based, whether it's emotions because of a hormone imbalance or emotions because of your past, but it's still going to be a large number is going, they're going to find this is emotions. Yeah. That was my favorite part of it. The emotion. I mean, just, yeah. Real recognizing so many things I was doing that I didn't tie to an emotion, like having to eat a handful of something before I walk upstairs to go to bed. Like I, it doesn't matter. I never thought about my hunger. That was just something I did every single night until I went through this process. And I'm like, okay, but why am I doing that? So did it feel like a habit before and now you're tuning into an emotion? It was, I thought it was a habit before and now I realized it was a habit kind of tied to emotion. And, and what I love about that is what we're talking about earlier, which is now you know where your problem is because Mm -hmm. we're so busy trying to solve our problems, but we don't know what the problem really is. We've never defined it. So this really helps you. It just reveals what the real problem is. Yeah, it unclutters it. That's for sure. Um, again, this is not something you should take on yourself. It's something we hope to be able to share more information with you. Uh, fasting, prolonged water fasts, or bone broth, or you know, healthy fat supported fasting. These are things that are should really, if you have any type of medical condition, you should avoid them. If you are um, breastfeeding, trying to get pregnant. There's a whole myriad of people who should not be doing this. But for those who are in a healthy circumstance, if you follow the right protocol, and we will continue to keep you posted on that. And, you know, I I think after this initial test, we'll open it up to a larger group and I'll keep you guys posted because it is, it's really quite remarkable. It is what comes after that fast, though, that we are, that's the bigger program. And that is something that we are continuing to develop and test. And all of this is something you're on the journey with us. You know, it's funny. Food is, is a drug. Like it makes us healthy. It keeps, or it can make us sick. It's a medication. And it's a medication. And I just, God, this year has been so eye-opening realizing how much food is a drug. It's something that keeps us alive. We can become addicted to it. We can become sensitive to it. We can dependent on depend it. and and it's it's not something you can just give up. You just have to know how to use it safely. Yeah. Use it safely. Use it the right way. Exactly. All right, guys. We'll keep you posted. We're going to go get a good workout. How beautiful is this? Amen. That girl's tights are cute. Should we run up to her and ask her where she got them? No. You don't like them? No. Why too bright? Yeah. Okay. She's, She's got good cute. legs though. Yeah. Camel toe. <laughs> I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you for being on this journey with me. Thank you for really being the catalyst for it. My inspiration. Thanks for keeping me motivated to continue this journey with you and and for your patience. I know it's a little frustrating to get little pieces of this, but I hope and I trust that you trust that the reason why I don't just want to rush anything out there is because it would be junk science, right? It would be somebody's opinion or anecdotal evidence. And certainly myself and the 30 people that had gone through this test protocol before recording this podcast, that's not enough. 
You know, now we're taking a group of 2,500 individuals and testing each and every piece of this protocol and making sure that people have the ability to customize it. People get answers so that people really find the solution. And once again, so that you find yourself in the driver's seat. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a part of this journey. And as always, please reach out to me. Let me know what you thought about this episode. You can always leave me a voicemail. You can go to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash ask Shaleen. Okay. If you want to know more about Dr. Michaela's program, her emotional eating program, that is endemotionaleating.com. Dr. Michaela is spelled M-C-A-Y-L-A. M-C-A-Y-L-A. That's D-R-M-C-A-Y-L-A.com. And as always, your feedback in social media, like the way you connect with me and what you think about these episodes, it dictates future episodes and what we cover and how we cover it. So your feedback is really important. You're directing the show. You're directing this research. And I love you. And it's not just because you are the bomb.com, but it doesn't hurt. Interested in being in one of those test groups for my upcoming metabolism program? Awesome. To get on the wait list, go to dietbetatest.com. Again, that's dietbetatest.com. Enter your name, your email address, and you'll be first to know when we open up our next test group. Please keep in mind that we are not able to admit those who may have any type of medical condition under a doctor's care for chronic illness. If you are pregnant, breastfeeding, trying to get pregnant, or in recovery from an eating disorder. Test groups are specifically for those who have identified themselves as weight loss resistant, struggling with your ability to lose weight. This is not an exercise program. Rather, test participants should have a minimum of 10 pounds to lose and have struggled for six months or more with weight loss resistance. To learn more or to be notified when we're conducting our next beta test, please go to dietbetatest.com. Again, that's dietbetatest.com. 